Imagine these young minds out there mm. that are scared of sales. Dude, they don't want to pick up the phone. They don't want to pick up the phone. They're saying, I don't want to pick up the phone. I don't pick up the phone anymore. I think cold calling is probably a greater fear for people than public speaking. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. I really do. I think cold calling is more of a public fear than, or is more of a fear than public speaking. I think you're probably right. I think I am right. Of course I'm right. I think, um, which, which do you think is more fearful, dying or cold calling? Dying? People, I think people would rather die than cold call. People are scared to do it for sure. They're 100% scared to do it because... They don't believe, number one. Yeah, they don't believe. They don't have a passion for what they're selling. It's, it's terrible. That, that actually is the biggest mistake I think people make in sales all the time. Sales gets a bad rap. And you can tell me what you think about this. But sales gets a bad rap because people think of sales as manipulation. They correlate that you're manipulating someone when you're selling them, when really what you're doing is you are sharing with them, I call it your value proposition, but you're sharing with them the things that you have that can change their life, that can solve a pain for them, that can you know add time to them, that can give them something they would enjoy. And most people are scared to cold call because of what you said, which is they feel like they're going to sell somebody instead of feeling like they're going to change somebody's life. And this is something we talk about up on the sales floor. It's something we train on. When we tell people, hey, when that person's driving, tell them to pull over to the side of the road. I mean, we literally teach our reps. I got kicked out of a, a college because I went and spoke. I never told the <laughs> story before. You can't tell the kids I that. Gotta, I got to tell the story. So I go and speak. I'm not going to name the university, but it's a local university. They asked me to go speak to their sales club. They basically banned me and said I can't come back because I was sharing. Now, maybe I was a little you know, young and, and a little bit rash maybe at the time. I don't know. But I could have maybe explained it a little better. But the point I was trying to make to the kids in the sales class is that we'll tell people to pull to the side of the road. We'll tell people that they don't need to talk to their partner, not because we want to be pushy, not because we want to be perceived it's the whatever as aggressive. It takes mentality. It's a one call close mentality. Yeah. But more importantly, when that person doesn't pull to the side of the road, if you've ever been on the phone and you're trying to get an order and someone tells you, I can't pull out my credit card right now, I'm driving. The only reason, and tell me if you agree with this, Campy, I know you do. The only reason that person will not pull to the side of the road is because the inconvenience of the five minutes it takes to pull over the side of the road and pull their credit card out is worth more to them. That time of inconvenience, they don't want to go through that, is worth more to them than the value you presented. Think about yeah. that. So if you would have presented, if you said to them, hey, I have a million dollars for you right now. Would they but if over? you just pull over to the side of the road, I'll give you the million dollars. You think they're going to pull over? I think this is what I tell over. people all the time. We used to teach people that the only reason someone won't buy from you is the money. I'm not going to cuss on this, but bull crap. It's not the money. Because if I have a million dollars right now and I say, hey, Josh, if you give me a thousand dollars, I'm going to give you a million dollars. And you can see it. It's true. It's here. It's a pot of gold. It's a million dollars. And you don't have a thousand dollars. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to become your son. So you're going to ask Andrea over here. You're going to ask Mike right. Campanelli. You're going to go, hey, if hey you I'll pay you back. I'm good for it. If yep. you pay me five, you're going to be resourceful, as Tony Robbins says. See, people, when they don't buy from you, it is purely one reason and one reason alone. The value you've presented does not outweigh the cost in their mind. When you get that scale to turn where the value outweighs the cost, they'll buy anything. Mm -hmm. They will find a way to buy. That is true, man. What? Well, speaking of cold calling, yes, cold that's calling. what we call a cold open right there. Yeah, that is a cold open. We skipped the intro altogether, got right into it. We're trying something it because, new, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, we are so excited for this guy Andrew that we have like, in the yes! studio right now. 
Mike Campanelli. He is our sales manager here at Reminder Media. He's been with the company for how many years? Eight years. Eight years. Leads about 50 inside sales callers. He has one of the most painful jobs in our company (laughs) because leading salespeople is like leading children. Most really, exciting really children sometimes. Awesome children. Yeah. But kind of kind of crazy. I love you guys. You can come they're see li- me. They're a little rowdy, upset. right? Yes. They break the rules sometimes, sometimes. right? Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes break the rules always, sometimes, sometimes. sometimes. But they bring you joy when they bring those deals in. That's true. That's so, tell me what tell me if you agree with this, Mike, that the problem is what makes someone good at sales is that they're willing to uh, make people uncomfortable. They're willing to step outside the lines a little bit. They're little. They're willing to. I should put it this way. They're willing to just jump before they think. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes a lot of times someone good at sales in in a certain way. Like there's other characteristics of sales that makes you good at sales, but that tendency also makes you really almost impossible to manage. Almost it, impossible. Yeah, it absolutely does because sometimes the rules don't apply to them, right? Um, <laughs> but the one great thing about them being becoming very good salespeople is that they they sort of train themselves to be in that sort of phase where you're comfortable being uncomfortable and telling somebody to pull over to the side of the road, as you kind of mentioned. And a lot of people, it, it's hard to, to get people to be direct. But the one true problem is if you don't believe in what you're selling, you can't be direct. You can't change somebody else's life right there. So if you actually truly believe that when you pick up the phone and you get somebody on the phone and they're engaging with you or even if they're not engaging you to stop them right then and there to tell them to drop their guard because you know they got four or five sales calls that day and you're not the same as everybody else because you know you truly can make a difference in their business, make a difference in their life. Well, then that makes you a better salesperson. How how do you because I'm curious with the 50 salespeople we have. And I'm thinking about, you know, like the real estate agents. that's just that are, inside sales. That's just inside sales. Yeah. Inside, right. we call them hunters, closers, yep. you know, that type of idea. So they're, they're out there trying to bring in brand new accounts. Then we have appointment setters, all that good yep. stuff. But um, how do you get people to be motivated to dial? What, what's our average rep dial? 150 calls? 150, 125, 150 a day, yeah. Okay, so 150 calls. So we have real estate agents that cold call all day long that listen to this. Mm-hmm. We have insurance agents. Like, how do you motivate the team? And what have you seen work for your top producers and your producers on the team to stay motivated to make the calls? Because like we mentioned earlier, no one wants to make cold calls. No. Like, There's very, very few psycho people in the world that wake up every day and go, I just want to call people randomly today. And just if you're listening to this and you haven't tried it, go cold call. Yeah, stop something. what you're doing right now. Just just, just stop the podcast how long you and just go at yeah, this phone. <laughs> and one time I walked past one of our reps on the floor. I had to share this. And they're just looking at our CRM and they're looking at, we have a picture of the people we call the prospects and they're just looking at it. And I walk by and I kind of slow down. I'm just watching them. They're looking at it. And I go, I lean over and go, hey, it's not going to get any better the longer you look at it. You might as well just dial. Well, I actually have a saying that as soon as I walk by on the floor and I see somebody just kind of glazing at the CRM and it's just click the dial, baby. Let's go. Click yeah. the dial. That Smile next dial you make, that's going to be your paycheck right there. But motivation is, uh, I mean, sometimes it can come off a little corny. Really, honestly, motivation and motivating people is just so easy. It's it's the mm. easiest thing in the world, something you certainly don't need a degree for. You just have to show people you actually care about them, and they'll do amazing things for you. You truly will. Mm. Um, and you just buy just small things, you know, um, celebrating their small wins and their victories is a big thing for me. Um, shout-outs is another big thing with, with people that, that do the right thing. And, um, you know, you could have somebody that might do the wrong thing on a call. You might not want to – 
advertise that across the floor. You'd have to have a conversation. But when somebody's doing something right or uh, yesterday, one, one of our reps was in a kind of a bad situation last week and starting to feel down on themselves. And this then had five hours of phone time yesterday, had three sales. Came in today, ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. And by us giving that shout out in our morning meeting, that I think that that those small things could how go do a you, long way. How do you? Because I've gone to sales meetings. You lead our sales meetings every morning, and and when I walk out of there, man, I'm ready to run through a wall. How do you motivate yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. At eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning, kicking you know, off the day with a bunch of sometimes on a Monday where everyone's just kind of staring back at you with yeah. blank <laughs> stares. <laughs> it happens more than you we're going to have to record sales meetings for you guys to check out. Well, you, they've been on your Instagram. They, at, yeah, at follow Luke my Yang. Instagram yep. because they truly are. I mean, they are hyped. They yeah. are hyped. Um, what was the question? How do you motivate yourself? How do I motivate myself? So it's actually, or, or are you I, I don't necessarily, <laughs> no. The thing, I definitely don't. Sometimes I go home, I, I kick the trash can. No, I'm only kidding. I don't do that either. But um, the thing that I, that, I, that I do is I realize that if I come in every single day and I have a frown on my face, well, then I'm going to affect 50 people. Mm. I don't want to affect 50 people. If I want to affect 50 people, I want to affect 50 people in a positive way. So I have to smile. I have to keep the game face on at all times. And uh, it's contagious. It really is. Uh, as Tony Robbins says, you you have a, a way about you. You justify how you feel and how you act every single day. And you, if I told you to act sad right now, you would frown. You would sad. You would mm. bum your lip. You would maybe get down on mm-hmm. yourself. Your shoulders would shrug. Um, but if I tell you, hey, you act confident and act excited, your shoulders are back, you're smiling, and, and those kinds of things. So just those nonverbal cues for mm-hmm. me have gone a long way, you know. Now, I would say, you know, the number one thing to understanding motivation is understanding it's a choice. What few, very few people realize yeah, is that you literally can choose you can choose yes. your destiny. And, you know, it's interesting that I uh, watched that podcast that I told you guys or told this podcast about not too long ago about Ed, Ed Mylett's podcast with Do- Dr. Joe Dispenza. And here's what he talked about. He basically said, you are the sum of your memories. So what you are today, when you woke up this morning, you basically, your actions, the thoughts that come to your mind and how you act is the sum of your memories. And here's the point I want to make. The difference he said between successful people and non-successful people is non-successful people define themselves by the memories of their past. Mm. Successful people define themselves by the vision of their future. And so when you think about motivation, think about when you woke up today, did you just go through the motions of what the sum of who you are based upon the memories of your past if you had a bad sales day yesterday? Or did you wake up today and say, today, I'm going to get a five spot on that board. Now, for us, five spot would be awesome, mm-hmm. you know, an awesome sales day. So for maybe for you, it's I'm going to get a listening appointment or I'm right. going to get three listening appointments or I'm going to, you know, sell this insurance, you know, product, whatever it is. But did you define your day by the vision of your future or did you define your day by the memories of your past usually that's just going through the motions and what's interesting is that's totally just a mental choice it is totally a mental choice and we say right yeah it really is and if you can keep yourself in a positive way just just for example i mean i I don't know but using names or not on sure use names um you know i was was working with one of the newer callers just a couple of days ago and they came into my office and they said look i don't think i can do this and I, i just said point black absolutely you cannot (laughs) <laughs> if you if you believe that you can't do it, you won't do it. But the one thing that I can tell you yes. is you look down, you look upset, you look depressed. I can't help you with that. I want to help you with that. But you have to try to get yourself out of that. The next day, I'm walking by his, uh, his cubicle, and he starts pitching me. The pitch was amazing. The pitch was amazing because he, just, he was smiling at me. 
the the longer the pitch went on, because we were role playing, he dropped his smile, and immediately his tone dropped. Mm. Yeah. His tone changed immediately, and I said, "Did you did you catch what you just did there? You stopped smiling. Smile. So I want your cheeks to hurt today." And sure enough, um, much better mood these days. So. <laughs> <laughs> but relating that to a call, obviously, you know, yeah, research shows that people can hear you smiling Without over the phone. Yeah. Radio DJs yeah. do it all Is the time. There, um, so just kind of walking through that pitch, was there a point where he became less confident in the pitch? Like to a point where he it got to the point where he practiced that first half? That's exactly what it was. <laughs> it was the introduction down to somewhat of the value proposition. Right. Throw a question in there and he's like, you know, straight face <laughs> kind of thing. But um, over time... You know, practice is going to make is going to help that. Yes. And the more practice that you put into it, the more um, you know. So many people worry about what they say on the phone. It's like, oh, I said this and I said that, and it worked for me, but it's not working for me today. Well, yeah, you're saying the same things, but it's how you're saying it, how you're mm. delivering it, and you're not being passionate enough, and you're not trying to truly change somebody's life. They're not going to be able to. Uh, they're not going to run to the promised land with you if they don't believe that you can change their life or change their business. For mm. them. I love that. I think well, there's two things I believe are key to being amazing at sales. One of them is confidence. Mm-hmm. So how do you get confidence? You just gave a golden nugget. I don't want the audience to miss it. Confidence comes through preparation. True. Confidence comes through preparation. When Tom Brady, as much as I respect the man but dislike him because I'm not a Patriots fan. Boo. But Tom, yeah, boo. <laughs> Tom <laughs> Brady, though, that guy, when he gets to his two-minute drill and he's in the Super Bowl, he is confident because he's prepared. He didn't spend so many salespeople. Exactly this is what pisses me off so much about people when it comes to success and, and when it comes to sales. Everybody wants a six-figure paycheck. Everybody wants to make a lot of money. But if I ask people, how many books did you read this year? How many YouTube videos have you watched on sales? How much have you practiced your sales pitch? It takes 10,000 hours, supposedly, according to Google or whoever it is, to master Malcolm something. Gladwell. Malcolm, mm-hmm. see, that's why yeah. we have Josh. Josh yep. is the brainiac yep. amongst us. 10,000 hours to master something. Can we get a you quote know? on that, by the way? For yeah. the, <laughs> Josh is the brainiac. Just 10,000 hours. How many of you have even spent 200 hours trying to master your pitch. We confuse ourselves thinking that $100,000 is going to come to us. Success is going to come to us. And we don't understand if one of the keys to sales is confidence. The other is belief. And we've talked a little bit about that. But it's confidence. Where does confidence come from? It comes from preparation. Where does preparation come from? It comes from hard work. And it comes from getting up, putting in the effort, putting in the work day in and day out. I posted on my Instagram this morning, success is the accumulation of small efforts. Mm. That is what success is. If you consistently put in small efforts day in and day out, you'll have success. And people, it, it drives me nuts. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe how many people have come through our doors, and you can attest to this, mm-hmm. come through our doors, and they all want to make six figures. And so few people will work past six o'clock. Yeah. So few people. Why is that? Because they just want something handed to them That's and right. they don't understand, hey, you're responsible for your own destiny. That's another key. You're responsible for your own destiny. As soon as you understand that, as soon as you understand you're well, the only one sales, responsible for it. In sales, more than anything, yep. you are responsible. A lot of the people listening right now, you don't get a paycheck, right? You don't get paid unless you close true. a deal. Yeah. So what, what are you doing sales. not only to tee yeah. up all of those potential deals, but then actually following through and doing the hard work and the practice that it takes to then close them? But Mike, talk a little bit about, because you've had a journey here eight years, right? 
Yeah, sure have. So talk. I mean, you started. It's been a great ride, yeah. man. It's been a great ride. I don't think sometimes you started in sales. Coaster, but sometimes a bumper car. I don't know if you can put the two together. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes a Dude, hamster wheel. Roller coaster yeah. bumper cars would be fun, though. That would be yeah, a good it's ride. Always the best yeah. best rides at the amusement park, anyway. <laughs> so how did you go? You started in, in customer service, right? Correct. How did that transition into sales? At what point did you realize, hey, this is something that I can do? And 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 you started off in cold calling, mm-hmm. right? We didn't yeah. even have warm leads back then. No, we did no, not have no, warm. Not we, we had the first sample request. We're like, I really like your magazine could i get that every couple of months yeah. and uh, we're like oh yeah sure let's set you up on the mailing list um which is always good lead for a realtor that that always helps we get there those calls go. uh pretty pretty often um no but it's been a fun journey i started off in customer service i actually had a sales background and you know you can close your ears on this one luke but i actually took the job as a pit stop right i was looking for um another <laughs> closing my ears right now <laughs> i was looking for a sales opportunity and um you know one the one problem with Sales companies, for the most part, they sell you this pie in the sky. You never know what's truly real. Right. Um, and it wasn't actually, it was probably, it was the first three years here, the CEO uh, tried to get me to come to sales. And I just didn't, I couldn't see the vision as I see it today. Um, and with your help, obviously, when he became the sales manager and changed some comp plans and such. Let, let's put that into a quote, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The CEO, um, Steve, no. Yeah, <laughs> but it was, it was three years of inspiration. Literally, my first- Wait, does week. that mean that you're a better that, closer that, than that Steve? That was my greatest sale, was getting Mike Campanelli from customer service right, don't to tell Steve gift. that. Yeah, um, don't tell Steve. Yeah, don't tell him that. But, uh, but no, finally, I made the jump, and it, it was- um, it was a very, it was a very good decision. It was a great decision that I made that because my first year I made ninety four grand on the phone, on the phones, cold calling, and um, I wasn't a, I wasn't shy from the telephone. I made sure that I was at the top of the phone chart every single day. And a lot of people struggle because they don't want to put the guts. Goes back to what you were just saying. Everyone wants to make a hundred thousand dollars. I interview people all the time. They say they want to make a six figure income. They come in and they come in at eight fifty nine a.m. and they leave by six oh one. Well, that's not a six-figure right. income person. It's just not. Um, you know, it's what is it? A hundred thousand dollars. You're in the top eighty percent in this country with with income, and that's usually household income. So, if you're one person and mm-hmm. you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars, then you better be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, "I work at the top twenty percent of my game." Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, that's golden nugget right there. So, and if you don't, then you don't deserve a hundred thousand dollars. And you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, "It's my fault, not mm-hmm. so and so's fault, not my manager's fault, not my trainer's fault." Um, so often in sales, we, we we point the finger, and it's really just as easy as looking in the mirror and going back to practice and perfecting your pitch and perfecting the Jordan Belfort. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I never say you know following his footsteps is going to legality <laughs> troubles that the guy been into, but he is one hell of a closer uh, on the phone. And there's really three things that he says. I always share this with my team because you only get five quick seconds, really four and a half seconds to make a good first impression on the telephone. Mm. When you're face to face with somebody, um, I'm sorry, when you're face to face with somebody, it's that four or five seconds. It's it's literally uh, a microsecond when you're face to face, but you have this luxury of using body language, right. handshaking and smiling right. and all those things that come along with liking somebody. But when you're on the telephone, you can't see my beautiful face. You can't see my smile. Um, you can you can hear it through the phone, but you've got to be sharp as number one that he always says. Mm. Um, sharp as a tack. You've got to be enthusiastic as you can possibly be. You don't want to come off over the top. You don't want to be fake. But again, if you don't have a passion for helping a real estate agent take it to the next level, helping that financial advisor prevent against ACATs, then you're, they're not going to sense that from mm. you. And the third, and I think is the most important thing, and which is we try to do a lot of trainings on the field um, in real estate and financial um, in the financial industry, 
is being an expert in your field. If you're not an expert in your field, there is nobody that you talk to, no matter what you say, mm. that can believe in, that you're going to take them to the next level. It's yep. just not. You know, yep. it's crazy. No, I agree with you. Statistics prove that out. Uh, specialists always outsell generalists. I think applying it even to your marketing strategy and your sales plan for real estate agents is, are you the authority or subject matter expert when it comes to your market? Meaning right. when people think of the person who knows the market of King of Prussia, Pennsylvania the best is you're the name that comes into mind. That's what it means to be sharp as attack for, for you guys is making sure that you are the person they think of when they think of this is the person that I want to help guide me through the biggest transaction in my life. But I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. I actually really do uh, like Jordan Belfort. I learned a lot from watching his videos yeah. as well. It's always straight line persuasion. It, straight, straight line persuasion. It is always kind of awkward because Wolf of Wall Street and what he did there. That is but, true. Yeah, but hey, <laughs> you know, you just wonder why didn't the guy use his gifts I know, to, do to do something, something good? good. Right. That's it's well, just so terrible. Use your probably. gifts to do yeah, something. Yeah. Now he is. Yeah, now he's giving back. It's a shame you, you learn the hard way yeah. in life. But, oh, yeah. Um, Are you dreading the thought of making cold calls? Regardless of your experience level, cold calling can be one of the toughest parts of your job. But at the end of the day, it's also one of the best ways to get new customers. If you want to learn how to get better at cold calling and close more deals, go to ReminderMedia.com forward slash cold calling and download our guide to cold calling for free. That's ReminderMedia.com forward slash cold calling. Take action on this today. Any other, uh, any tips that you have? I mean, they're kind of talking about cold calling a lot, but um, obviously practice we've got, we've got enthusiasm, obviously the way that you're approaching it, which goes back to, you have to know what you're going to say, right? Any other tips when it comes to kind of like the the close part of it, right? When you're at that point where the decision needs to be made. If, if, um, and and what I mean by care is if you're not asking the right questions, Mm. um, you're not going to get to know your prospect as well as you think. And a lot of times a prospect is the fear of the unknown and they're scared to take that next step with you. So if you can't drop their guard and bring their wall down and get them to open up with you, you're not going to you're not going to win. Mm. Um, and if you're not asking questions about them or their business, number one, they know you don't care. If you ask questions about them, you ask questions about their business, you ask questions about their goals and what you can do to be a part of growing their business. Well, it shows you have an interest in them and it's not just that you're trying to get an order. Um, and those are the people that you'll have much longer with you than any other time. That's super interesting because when we were talking about being the industry expert, like we yep. refer to it because we're in a B2B space, right? So we're selling to other industries. We have to understand those industries and those pain points. But talking about asking them questions and learning about them, you're not only big, you only, not only do you have to be the industry expert in your area, like mm-hmm. you said, Luke, but you have to be the industry expert or the expert in their life and yes. what they're looking yep. for. So if you're doing insurance, you have to yep. understand yep. what their pain points are. Yep. If you're doing real estate, you have to understand what their pain points are, what their dreams are, what their hopes are. And then you become that that Sherpa, that industry expert. I believe there was a study, and I hope I'm not quoting this wrong. Maybe you can fact check it, Andrea. But I believe fact it's check. gong.io. It, you know, and they basically study sales calls. They have a software that records all these sales calls and studies kind of the what happens on them. And I believe they study top closers ask way more questions than people than mediocre oh, really? closers yeah, yeah. so yeah, and it makes sense, perfect sense because the, right, the, the person feels like out. they're the one selling themselves versus you selling them yeah but another key point i would make is that being super direct in sales always is so key 
That's why questions work so well because you're you're being real when you're asking a question. Most salespeople all the time, what they do is they make the mistake of I, they don't they they know where they want to be. They want to get an order, and so they just dance around the point, and they mm-hmm. kind of, you can feel it. Like, can you ever sense when someone's dancing around the point? Like, you can feel that that sales caller. You know what they want, and they're not saying what they want. Being direct with people is so key in this business because what I always say is what you have to do is you have to obviously get in a state of rapport with somebody, Mm -hmm. but you have to get people to lower their guard and get real with each other. Normally in human conversation, when you're having a first impression with somebody, your guard's up and you're not real. You're fake. You're very reserved. You're very held back. You're not sure what you're going to share, what you're not going to share. You got to break that barrier down to get real with somebody. And the only way you're going to do that is being direct. And so what does that mean? How does that translate to an application for like a real estate agent or someone like that? Most real estate agents are trained to go in and ask a ton of questions about an expired listing, about, a, you know, if you're calling a FISBO, you know, just trying to ask them a lot of questions. Where are you moving if you sell this home? You know, what, you know, why didn't you use a real estate agent? All these things. What I would encourage you, ask a ton of questions. But don't shy away. Don't try to manipulate or shy away from the point that you believe, hey, the reason why I'm calling you is I, I want to help you. Yep. I want to help you. I, even if I can't be the one that sells your home, you know, I want to help you in, in whatever I can and, and being the one that if you go to where you sell your home, I want to be that person. Setting Grant Cardone says it this way, and this is a great tip to write down if you're listening to this. Be intentional. State your intention at the beginning of the call. Josh, the reason for my call is, you know, I would love for you to sign up for American Lifestyle Magazine. I want to share with you in the next 30 seconds how I think you, you know, I can make that happen for you. Now, there's no illusions. You don't feel I'm manipulating you. That's my intention. I'm going to walk through and then I'm going to at the end be like, hey, Josh, so let's get you set up. Instead of most people go in, don't state their intention. Mm -hmm. Then they go all the way down this huge presentation and and the polite consumers just nodding at you and they're just like, yes. And then guess when the intention comes out? When you ask for the order, an objection comes out. And now, the sale actually begins. Imagine if you stated the intention at the beginning of the call, now you haven't wasted 15 minutes because you right away gave them a chance to say, well, I'm not interested in that. That's not what I'm going to do. Saves you time, saves them time. And in the end, you ultimately get more orders because you're not dancing around the point. You're being very, very direct with the consumer, very, very direct with the prospect. This is my intention. I know I can help you. Mm -hmm. And it stems from a belief that I'm not shy from it. I I know I can help you. I know I can be your real estate agent. I want to be your real estate agent. If I can't today, maybe tomorrow. Right. If I can't tomorrow, maybe next week. If I can't next week, maybe next month. And so on and so on and so on and so on. But the point being is being direct with people is so key in sales. So it, key. it really is there. And and not aggressively direct, right? There's a difference. Not rude. Not yes. rude. Not being and being assertive and being aggressive. It's a fine line, but they're two totally different things. And I think uh, one of the biggest struggles with people that cold call every single day is they don't know how to deal with rejection. Mm. And so they let that they let that affect them in their pitch when somebody tells them no, um, they wanna they wanna ridicule them or something for, for they want to argue, they want to debate. Yeah, yeah, instead of like, hey, I'm I'm gonna follow my process. For those that you can engage, for those that you can kind of touch and 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 engage with, you're gonna make a difference for them. For those that maybe it's not the right time, if you end things on the right note, yep. it may be for for the future. I can promise you, though, if you end things on the wrong note, they're never going to be <laughs> they ain't a no client. Future. They're just not. Right. There's You never lose. Well, it's it's going in, go in expecting no. Yes. Right? You never go lose. Go in expecting no. Mm-hmm. And then then you'll be prepared for how to handle that. So here's here's a question for you. With, in the 
because we have a lot of people listening right now that probably aren't picking up the phone. They're not picking up the phone to call their past clients. They're not picking up the phone to call uh, to cold call or to and call from a prospect list. They're not picking up the phone even to call warm leads sometimes. If you're not happy with the money you made, that's the reason why. Well, so that leads me to my question. With the with in the age of internet and the age yep. of we've got iBuyers from the real yep. estate side, we have a lot of digital transactions happening. Where will the phone ever die? <gasps> Josh, Never. how could you say we're bro- that? We're touching on the controversial Here, subjects. You want to answer? No, go, go ahead. No, no, no. I don't want to. I don't want to take the words that, out of your mouth. The fact that um, people, because I actually read articles where people say cold calling is dead, and I'm just like, are we kidding each other? <laughs> what did we say? Cold <laughs> calling is dead because you suck. You suck. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. And it. Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone. Slash Lou Gaker. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but cold calling will never be dead because it's just that it, it's that human interaction that one could have. You know, AI could take over the entire world. But yet there's one thing that if if you're having an open conversation, you build rapport with someone, you get to know someone, you make a connection. That relationship will last longer than anything else. Anything like if I just send you a mailer and maybe you like it and you say, oh, well, my back hurts and I got something from a chiropractor. Maybe I should give him a call. But if, if I don't get that in that specific time, I don't have a need for it's it. It's like the lottery. But yeah, but if I can build rapport and I get to like somebody and I trust them and I do truly see value in their products or their services, I, I would personally buy off of one call. Well, it's like what Ricky Carruth talks about, right? Relationships over transactions. And this is what, when you're able to connect with someone in person on the phone, like Mike's talking about, that's where the relationship is built. It's not built over text messages. It's built over that one-to-one interaction. I think it depends how you define cold calling. Cold calling is already dead. You don't have to cold call people anymore. If you define cold calling as calling a random stranger, calling the phone, you don't have to do that anymore because you have LinkedIn. You have so many different ways that you can learn about people, right? But if you define – here's what you touched on I think is critical for people to understand. The the phone is a weapon. I shouldn't say weapon. Tool. Tool. I always – I do analogies. Yeah, you went to a gun last time. I'm not even in the military. My brother's in the military. But but the, the phone is a tool. It's a weapon, right? It's a way to connect with people, to have a relationship with people, and to you can get to the point what faster. You can get from point A to point B faster oh, man, so than a marketing campaign can on just an ad on Facebook. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing the ad on Facebook. It's a cumulative effect of all these holistic, things that right. yeah, it's a all holistic approach yeah. of all these little things that you do that grow a great business. This phone weapon might change. It might change. Mm-hmm. It might turn to FaceTime. I just say face video. It might be that we have 50 people on the phones all day long. You know what they're doing? They're videoing people. Hey, it's great to see you. Like that might be how human communication changes. But the idea that a human being talking to another human being, that's how I consider cold calling. In in, in the sense of like the phone is one of one weapon to use. Door knocking is another weapon to use. When you're in the grocery store today, when you got your Starbucks coffee, you had an opportunity to cold call. Uh You had an opportunity to go, hey, barista at Starbucks, my name's Luke Acre. I'm a real estate agent. How are you doing? Like introduce yourself. Have a a 30 second value proposition, whatever it is. If you view cold calling that way, it will never die. It will never, the human, the idea of human connection, talking to people, that's what all the phone is to us. When the reason why I don't, I'm not scared is cold calling because I'm just talking to people. There's, yeah. there's a hundred people that I, 150 people that I'm going to talk to today. And some are going to tell me no. And some are going to tell me yes, but I won either way because now I know it's a no. And now I know it's a yes. And I'm <laughs> yeah. on to the next one, which is the greatest principle in sales. Sales is a numbers game. It's a numbers game. You can be the most campy is an unbelievably talented salesperson, but you know why he was a top producer? 
because he dialed the phone. Like the phone. More, I think he held the record. You were on the phone yeah, for eight did, hours yeah. and 19 yeah. minutes or something like that? In an eight-hour day, by the way. In an eight-hour day, eight <laughs> hours and 19 minutes. He holds the record for phone time. The point being is that it's a numbers game. You can be super talented. What is it? Wayne Gretzky, is it, he's the one that said the shots. You Who's, miss 100% you miss, of the yeah. shots you don't take. Yeah, there you go. Fact check that for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andrea's laughing some back say, there. Yeah. Some say Michael Jordan. It, <laughs> yeah. definitely, it was definitely Wayne originally. <laughs> it was Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Michael Scott. Michael Scott. <laughs> so the point being is, cold calling, the weapon might change, the tool might change, <laughs> to say tool instead of weapon, but the tool might change, but the idea of talking to other human beings will not change. Never. It will not change. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Yeah. Dude, I could go on all day about cold calling. I love it. What do you guys want to talk it's about? It's super next fun. <laughs> I mean, if you actually get into it, it, it really is fun. I mean, um, it's again, if you if you look at it like, oh no, I got to make this other call with this person that doesn't want to talk to me. Well, again, it's just about you have a choice in in your actions. And if you if you say, hey, this is going to be a fun day because I'm going to get to talk to at least ten people today. I'm going to make a hundred dials. And if I can't talk to, to 10 people, then I'm going to make 150 dials. And I'm going to change somebody's life today. I will change somebody's life today, whether they yep. like it or they don't like it, and they'll thank me later for it. It yeah, is such a mindset. I mean, yep. look, you're not really if you're in a if you're in a service-based industry, you you like people. You did not get into this industry because you yep. don't like people. And if you go into it with the outlook of I get to connect with these people today, yep. your whole day, your whole career, your and, whole income is going to change. You connect for value. You connect for value. You have something of value. To give these people. Yeah. And that's what leads to the directness. When people are have their guard up, what I mean by being direct is tell them they have their guard up. Think about that. You can sense that their guard's up because yep. you cold called them. Most people will not even address it. Most people will not even address it. You can sense they have their guard up, but you don't tell them, hey, I feel you have your guard up right now. That's what's being direct. That will make you amazing at cold calling, amazing at sales, because you're willing to just be real with people. And they will appreciate that authenticity. They will appreciate that directness. If you don't do it rude and you're just being real, they'll appreciate that. And now you'll get down to brass tacks. And it still might be a no, but guess what? It's right. a no faster. It didn't waste their time. didn't waste your time. You can even put them in. Remember, no's not a never. So no's not a never. Put your nose on some nurture campaign. You should have different tiers for each no that you get and the reason why you got it and have a nurture campaign going out to them. And remember, if you go from rejection to rejection with a smile, if you go from rejection to rejection to a smile, you will have success mm-hmm. all day long, all day long. You know what I've realized? Not until you tell us. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I've realized that everyone is in a relationship. <laughs> Number one thing, though, that I realized the most it. is that our prospects know that they got into this business because they like people, like you said, Josh. They they have these relationships, but why not just get out there and get more relationships, especially if more and more people have referrals, have people in the, their life. The, the reason that yeah. we laugh there is because our CEO will walk around yeah. and challenge every caller with that, with that, every employee with that message. And the the brilliant piece of it is it is that simple. When you boil yeah. down when you boil down what we do, everyone that we work with is in a relationship business. When you start boiling down what your clients do, you're gonna find that everyone is in X need or looking for everyone everyone lives in a house, right? Everyone <laughs> lives in a house. I mean it some, become Yes, everybody well, does live in a house. In a, under a roof ish. Yeah. Some, some I don't know. <laughs> But the point is, it's, we laugh because it's that simple. And we complicate things as humans, as people, because we want them to be more complex and be harder than what they actually are. But if you can get it down to its simplest form, 
it will it will become fun, mm-hmm. like Mike's saying. Well, that is it for this podcast. Mike Campy, as he's known around yes. here. Thank Mike, you for Mike thank Campanelli. You for Thanks for having me, guys. Nah, man, you were awesome. We uh, we're actually going to include some scripts. So if you are struggling with what to say on the phone or looking for some starters, we made some for our last webinar. So we're going to include some uh, call scripts here with this practice makes show. perfect. No. Practice it. Uh, click on the perfect album practice. art here yes. on the on the podcast, and you can uh, see a link to the show notes there. That is this episode of Stay Paid. If you liked what you heard, please do us a favor. Go into iTunes, give us a five-star rating, and make sure to leave a comment. Yes. You can also find our podcast, including this one, in video form on YouTube.com slash Reminder Media or StayPaidPodcast.com. And please make sure to tell someone about the podcast today. It really helps us support the show. If you'd like to get a hold of me or Luke, you can get a hold of us on Instagram at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. And I'm Luke Aker. Guys, I'm going to close with this. I think the action item is is pretty simple and obvious. You know, I think all of you need to pick up the phone tomorrow and you need to do a power hour. And what I mean by power hour is you need to dial, set yourself a goal, maybe at least minimum 25 dials within an hour. You would do less if you were talking to people maybe, but 25 dials within an hour do a power hour and cold call. If you're thinking, what are the leads that I can cold call? There's a couple different leads that you can definitely cold call pretty easily. One is expired listings. Two is FISBOs. You can find FISBOs on Craigslist. You can find FISBOs on Zillow. They're pretty easy to come by. And third, which is where I would encourage you to start, is actually your database. Call your sphere of influence. In fact, Grant Cardone, when we were at 10X, did an amazing exercise. I don't know if you remember this, Josh, but he had everybody pull out their phone and he said, open up your contacts. And he said, scroll and just hit up and scroll on your contacts. And he said, ready, stop. And he said, stop on that contact. And he said, dial that person. And so do that exercise. Do a power hour. Pull up your list of Dude, contacts people in your the audience phone. got deals. Oh, yeah. People got there deals. Pe- yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. From literally calling a contact in their phone. Think about all those people in your phone right now. When was the last time you contacted them? And if you're nervous of what to say, remember, value Go in with value. If you haven't talked to somebody in a while, it can literally just be, hey, realized I hadn't talked to you in a while. I wanted to touch touch base and see how things are going. First start on the relationship level. That will then lead you to the opportunity to do what? Ask for a referral. Ask if they need anything now. Always remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer is top producers take action. So take action on that today. 